This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you see a fork in the road, take it. Yogi Berra. There was a time in California that I parked in a uh, church parking lot because I couldn't find any place to park and I was desperate and I just parked there. And then I decided to sleep in. And so come like eight o'clock, the pastor is at my window like, are you okay? (laughs) Are you homeless? Is everything okay? And it was a Saturday. I didn't think, you know, I was like, no one comes to church on a Saturday. I'm Doc and this is the John Freaking Mirpod. Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute to help us out. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, let's get to this week's guest. This week, we are talking to Frank of Speaking Quite Frankly, and I've been really looking forward to our conversation. Frank is going to talk about van life. Is, is it van life or is it, is it Honda? Is it Honda fit life? I don't know. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. It, I call it van life. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. We'll see what we come up with. Van life, as well as some great adventures in the U.S. and abroad. So welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod, Frank. Hey, it's great to be here. 
Now, I know you have some hiking miles under your under your boots. Have you picked up a trail name along the way? You know, I've had like a few kind of given to me here and there, but I don't have a dedicated name as of yet. Uh, I feel like the one that most people use is like mountain legs or mountain goat legs, something along those lines, just because of my calves basically. But I feel like that's not like unique enough for any like specific nickname. Cause every hiker has great calves. Um, the other one I've been called is just Frank P H R A N Q U E. Um, just spelling my name a different way. So I am still on the hunt for a good trail name. Okay. Now, trail names, they serve a, a variety of purposes. One, one it kind of defines your personality, uh, maybe a characteristic trait, uh, physical uh, abnormality, you know, extra large calves, maybe. Um, they, it also serves to uh, provide a little bit of anonymity because, you know, here on the podcast, we go strictly by trail names. I'm Doc. Doesn't say Doc on my, my paycheck or on, uh, on my driver's license. And so, have you ever thought about it? So, and also, mountain calves or mountain legs or mountain goat legs. That's a lot of syllables. It's that, a lot. Uh, if, if you're in an emergency situation on the trail and you're hiking with some buddies, by the time they got all those syllables out, I mean, the disaster may have already happened. I'd be dead. Yeah. yeah. There's just no chance. Yeah. So I was thinking maybe just legs or uh, legs, maybe calf master. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, yeah. I think both of those sound right. good. Well, I mean, We'll, we'll try those out. To, I'm not ready to commit for the rest of my life, but yeah, we That's can right. try out all sorts of things. That's right. Or or I'll, or Frank, but I'll, I'll say it with the PH. Yeah. So Frank maybe is like Franck. a better way of pronouncing yeah. it. Yeah. Frank. I like that. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Hey, have you listened to the podcast before? Yeah, I was able to listen to one of the episodes. Unfortunately, I didn't get, get have the time to listen to too much, um, but I'm a big fan of just hikers and just hearing stories of people out on trail living uh in the outdoors well we have plenty of that on the podcast so uh, when you have a chance go ahead and tune in i only ask because i want to make sure that you're you are familiar with a regular segment that we have on the podcast and it's called the pro tip insight of the week and that is toward the end of the episode i'm going to turn to you i'm going to say frank do you know where we are and you're going to say, no, I have no idea. I'm going to say, we're at that time of the segment where we, we talk about uh, the pro tip inside of the week. What bit of wisdom can you share with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better? So don't be surprised mm -hmm. and keep that in the back of your mind so you can prepare for it. Great. Okay. Hey, another feature we've been doing this season is the must bring gear review sponsored by the ultralight backpacking gear company, Outdoor Vitals. Here's how it works. If you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear from multi-day hike. What is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So, Frank, what is your must-bring piece of gear? <laughs> well, this might sound kind of vain, but the first thing I thought of was uh, trekking poles. But then the thing I think I'm going to land on is a tripod, which uh, for me, I do so much blogging and just capturing photos while I'm out on trail. Sometimes it's for blogging, but also I just... I find that when I'm hiking, I enjoy nature more when I'm taking photos of it. It's like some people go out and they'll write poetry. Others will um, like paint. I enjoy capturing photography. So I have a pretty lightweight tripod. I'm actually using it right now. Uh, the brand name is Photo Pro, F-O-T-O-P-R-O. -O -O. Um, big fan. It collapses down to like 
um, I don't know, yay big, but then it comes out to probably three or four feet in uh, tripod height. And so I'm a big fan of that piece of gear. Does that count as uh, must have camping gear if it's uh, for photography, but I'm using it to enjoy the outdoors more? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one of one of our former guests uh, was very poetic with a turn of phrase. We were, we were lamenting the fact that when we came back from our hikes and we took all these great pictures on our on, you know, for us, it was our phones, iPhones. And, you know, we'd be um, at, at parties or family gatherings and we would show off these pictures and family members would look at it and go, oh, yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Uh-huh. And it's like, no, no, it's not nice. These are phenomenal places. You cannot understand how majestic and how powerful these places are. And you explain that to them and they look back at the picture and they say, yeah, that's, that's really nice. It's nice. And so, if you only knew yes. what it took to get this photo. <laughs> right. And so my, my former guest, Jay Wilson, uh, he said um, the way he put it was it's the frustration of million word places and thousand word pictures. Yeah. Just can't capture it. Can't capture that's it. Such a, that's such a great way of putting it. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And I think for some people, they'll set up camp and be able to watch the scenery change and just enjoy that I really like setting up a tripod and taking multiple photos throughout the sunset or multiple photos throughout just my time, um, just enjoying the the scenery change. And just the way in like a second, the sun will go behind a cloud and just everything changes and you just have it side by side. And you have like basically your entire evening there and just how nature changed, almost like a story. And it's just really fun for me to go back and, and, and remember those times. But you're right. Only I can truly enjoy uh, that moment because you post it to Instagram or you show it to people and people just scroll by and maybe we'll double tap it. If you're really like lucky, they'll write a little comment on there and then they'll just go on with their lives. So it's for you. It's really, it's really just for you. Yep. That's right. And before we get into more of our gear discussion, just set us up a little bit here. I've got a hiking pole. Not okay. Like, not, not, not like the ones you were going to recommend, but a hiking pole, like a survey. Little cute little oh, turn of phrase there. P-O-L-L. Pole. P-O-L-L. That's right. All right. So with your experience out there, boots or trail runners? Okay. So I am a boot person. I understand this is controversial. I get, hey, you can be lighter. Hey, it dries faster. Those are all great things. I really feel that it's important for me to protect my ankles. And also I just want to like put my feet in the best possible situation to perform long-term. And I just have concerns with doing trail runners for multiple miles on end. I actually, towards the end of trails, even in my boots will sometimes tweak an ankle. And so just everything gets loose down there. And I feel like boots give me the support I need to really um, continue hiking for years to come. But I understand some people, they swear by trail runners and more power to you. I have no, um, no, no, uh, hard feelings towards you. And that's an interesting phenomenon you bring up is that uh, towards the end of a hike, you, you tend to twist an ankle or something. It, it's like the body knows that the trip is almost over and that's when it starts <laughs> breaking down. That's when it's like, it, you feel like you've reached your very limit on that, that last day where I think if you, if you knew you had another week, your body would put up with it for, for that extra week or whatever it may be. But it's, mm-hmm. it's always towards the end where you, you, you just start breaking down physically and emotionally. 
Yeah, it's like the, that four o'clock period with skiers at 4 p.m. That's when everyone's getting injured. It's like they go on that one last run. They're already thinking about, hey, I'm going to go have a great meal or whatever. They're thinking about other things. They're not focused on the matter of hand. And that's what happens to me on trail probably where, um, you know, everything's loose. My mind is not thinking about the next step. I'm thinking about the car and the first place I'm going to stop and the meal I'm going to eat. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's probably more on me than it is on, on the footwear. And I also heard a stat that in mountaineering, 70% of accidents take place after the summit. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, and with mountaineering too, going uphill, just the way gravity works, you are more likely to fall onto the mountain, fall forward. And then also you are working against gravity with every step where when you're coming down, you're not as secure because you're looking for that next foothold on the way down. So it's definitely more important to stay um, aware as you're going downhill. Now, Frank, I'm looking through my notes for the episode here and I didn't see anywhere where it said you were a physicist. Physicist? I mean, you're you're talking Uh, about physics right there. That's basic physics. You know, falling I down. I've, I've talked to enough people to know that gravity pulls you <laughs> down. Um, and when you're climbing a mountain, you're working against gravity. Coming down the mountain, however, you're working with gravity. Man, if you, if you are listening to this episode, it's already paying off. I mean, just the mm-hmm. nuggets of wisdom are coming fast and furious here. All right. <laughs> Continuing with our hiking pole, tent or tarp? I'm a tent guy. I know. Uh, I feel like Um, I like to have one set of gear that I can use in multiple different, uh, situations. And so I like having the tent so that no matter what the climate is, if there's insects, I'm good inside the tent. Um, I I've used tarps, but again, it's just like, I'm in a, we'll get to my, my van in air quotes, uh, here in a minute, but it's like, I need as much, um, universal things that can work in multiple situations. Okay. And do you ever cowboy camp? Oh, definitely. Yeah. If I can, if there's um, just, you know, the weather's good, I'd prefer cowboy camping. So yeah, that's good. also a great op- option. Good weather, no bugs. Cowboy camping is the way to go. Nothing but you and the stars out there. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Sleeping bag or quilt? I am a quilt guy. Oh, okay. So yeah, I, <laughs> I sleep in, I think it's called the victory pose. Um, it's going to be hard to explain, but like one arm goes under my head. The other arm goes up almost like I'm like jumping and screaming, like congratulations or something. Okay. And so I, and then my legs, I like kind of jut one knee out at all times. And so I just take up a lot of room, even though I'm a little guy. So having the quilt, I feel like gives me a little bit more space to do that kind of thing. For those out there who are just solely listening to this podcast, uh, hit the pause button right now and go onto YouTube. Check out the 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 video version of this of this episode. You'll see Frank really displaying, uh, doing a great imitation of how he sleeps in the victory pose. <laughs> a great, a great view. Yeah. And if you're really lucky, you might get to see me sleeping in real life. <laughs> well, I, I, I hope I can keep you awake here. <laughs> All right. And stove or cold soak? Oh, always stove. Always. I know all my answers I feel like are putting me in like the pretty, pretty princess camp of like wanting to have a really nice campsite, but just having like warm cup of coffee or just a warm meal after after a long day, I still enjoy it. I think the people who cold, cold soak probably have done way more miles than me and are just burned out on all food, but I'm still enjoying the hot meals. 
Yeah. Have you, have you tried cold soaking? I have, and I just can't, I can't, I think it was with ramen noodles and tuna. So maybe I should have like, maybe there's some better options out there, but I, I just can't do it. Yeah. I had a few, I've had a few guests who, you know, swore by cold soaking and even one gave me recipes for, for cold soaking. And so I, I gave it a legitimate shot this past summer and I went about three days and the rest of my, the rest of the guys I was hiking with, they, they you know, we get, we hit the camp and they'd be warming up stuff and it smells so good. And it was, you know, particularly cold and rainy trip. Yeah. And so, you know, I lasted three days and then I said, uh, you know, I'm going to borrow a stove and I, yeah, I gave in. I, I mean, I understand like ultralight, every ounce counts. I count ounces. I keep my pack as light as possible. I've gone out with it at 16 pounds before. Um, but I'm looking at like the weight of a stove and the trade-off and I'm thinking I'm keeping that with me. It is, it is not worth the weight savings for me. Mm -hmm. I'll save my weight other places. Okay. And what luxury items do you typically bring on a multi-day hike? Mm, luxury items. So tripod is going to be considered luxury. And then I really don't bring anything else fancy beyond that. I mean, um, just the basics. I, I hardly even will bring like multiple changes of clothes. I guess I'll usually have like a pair of camp clothes and then um, like hiking clothes. So sleeping and, and hiking. Sometimes I'll combine the two, depending on how, what the temperature is. And then usually I'll bring some form of camp shoe. So I guess that could be considered luxury, um, for some people. So probably because of my boots, I have to bring a camp shoe where mm -hmm. all of you, um, trail runner people don't need them. So <laughs> I, I, you know what I, I use trail runners, but I also have camp shoes. So that is a luxury okay. item. And I also bring right. a, a lightweight chair. People I know that okay. the long the long trail hikers will call me soft and and uh, uh, fancy for that, but man, there's nothing like being able to lean against something in camp. So, yeah, I do have a one pound trail one pound trail chair that I very rarely will bring out, but when I have it, it is so nice because you don't have to worry about finding like a rock or a log to rest against, and yeah, the difference is huge, especially. Uh, well, this was years ago, but I was in the Himalayas and the campground was just pure mud. Everywhere was mud. And so like tents are full of mud. Our boots are full of mud. And if you set your pack down, it's just mud. So like having a chair where you can put like your clean butt in your clean camp clothes is kind of nice mm -hmm. if, if I had it at that point, but I didn't. So that's right. And you're absolutely right about not having too many clothes. I mean, I think you, you don't want to bring three or four changes of clothes out there. I mean, Two, yep. the one the one you're wearing and uh the one the one you're gonna wear the next day or or two days down the road and yeah get it soaked in my the, soaked in the river or the lake and wash them up a little bit and let them dry out on the pack. You're good to go. I learned my lesson uh my first backpacking trip. I had actually like you know, you're buying everything for the first time, you don't have a ton of money, and so I bought two pairs of hiking pants, which are like $70 each or something ridiculous. And as a short guy, they don't even fit me. Right. So I'm like paying all this money for something that doesn't even fit. But anyways, so then like I go two days in the one pair of pants and then I switch out to the clean clothes. I'm like, yes, I'm, I feel great. Everything's clean. And then within like a mile, I fall into a puddle and I'm just covered in mud again. <laughs> so I'm like, well, that wasn't worth it. I will never do that again. And so ever since then, I just bring the pair of pants I'm wearing. And then usually like some tent, some tights to sleep in and that's it. Yep. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. All right. Hey, before we get too far down the trail, let's back up a little bit. I want to hear about your background, where you grew up 
Uh, were you involved in any kind of sports and hobbies uh, as a kid? And how did you get involved in the the outdoor adventure life? Yeah, good question. So every summer I got sent off to a summer camp for a week, which was nothing like camping. It was in cabins, you know, with heating and air conditioning. They had like nice meals cooked for us. But one night a week, every we go out for one week. And one of those nights you go out into the woods and sleep in a tent. And so that was really my first like experience um, going out, sleeping in a tent. And I always just thought that night was so much fun because you're just out there in the woods and just all the sights and sounds and the fire and just sitting around a campfire just kind of brings in the good feelings. So that was kind of my like intro to it. Mm-hmm. Something then, magical about a campfire. Yes. And then uh, going into like middle school, high school, I got involved in the Boy Scouts, which I'd go hiking all the time. And I always get in trouble for this. But at my school, not all Boy Scouts, at my school, I looked around one day and I was like, all these Boy Scouts are nerds. Why am I here? I don't want to be a part of this. (laughs) And so I quit. And I probably would have had a much better high school experience if I would have stuck with it. But um, so I did a lot of camping with them. Hey, Frank, Um, I don't want to I don't want to burst your bubble. The guy sitting next (laughs) to you is probably thinking the same thing. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, I'd be like, why, why am I here with that guy? Yeah. So, <laughs> and then my my last like time, I think I know realized like this was probably um, something I wanted to get more into was when, when I started my first job out of college. It was near a like wooded area, and usually after work, I'd go on a short hike um, just through the woods, just to kind of like decompress from the workday. And I actually had a friend that lived nearby that had a dog that needed walked. And so I'd stop by, pick up their dog and walk their dog through the woods. And I would find, you know, deer in the woods. I, I saw the seasons change. So watched it go from summer to fall and just all the light leaf um, change. And then the winter came through. Um, and so just watching all of that change made me really realize um, the beauty of nature and what it can do for you um, to be out there all the time. Yeah, it's definitely a place to recharge and, yes. and decompress. Like you said, you know, people, people, there's a lot of people on the trail who are uh, really stressed and they go out into nature and onto the trail to, you know, figure things out and, and get back to a, a, a normal state. Yeah. I often say hikers are lost people, which is kind of funny because usually we have maps, but we still are, and we know how to read them, but we're still lost. So we go out there to find something a lot of times, or just whatever in the world isn't working for us. And so it's kind of a, um, a way of coping with a lot of just the stresses of life. Um, and it's, a lot healthier than a lot of the other uh, alternatives when you are looking for a coping mechanism. That's right. Now, what part of the country did you grow up in? I grew up in the Midwest. And so like Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, kind of that tri-state area. Okay. And brothers and sisters? So I have two brothers and I am the middle child. And I have what I call middle child syndrome, which is the lack of love. Any other middle child um, people out there will understand that I love attention and I love, um, you know, people just um, acknowledging me. And so that was something uh, just growing up as a middle child that I think a lot of people um, have to deal with. So. Yeah, you beat me to the punch. I was yeah. going to ask you if you're screwed up like all the other middle children. Oh, out very there. screwed up. Yeah. Very screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and do your brothers, are they also involved in the outdoors? Do they enjoy it and get out as often as you do? That's a great question. No, 
they definitely do not um one brother is now in california so he has a lot of outdoor like opportunity Mm -hmm. but he is just more into indoor stuff my other brother does enjoy going outside but is not there nearly as much as me i did kind of start the car sleeping trend with my family Uh, so my dad after i uh, converted my car into a camper and everyone said I was crazy. After I started adventuring, people saw how fun it was. So my dad was the first one to put a mattress on the back of his car and go out for a few nights in the woods. And then my older brother now has done that as well. So I'm just working on the younger brother and I'll get the whole family sleeping in their cars before too long. Nice. Now I, I know you have a Honda fit. You said uh, your dad put a mattress in the back of his car. Does he have like a, a VW Beetle or? No, no. i got the little car. My dad has a crossover. It's a, I don't know their exact one, but it's, it's a bigger like SUV. And then my brother's in a Jeep. So okay. they have way, they're like in the Taj Mahal compared to my little, little <laughs> Honda fit. Nice. And you, wh- wh- what college did you go to? You mentioned college. So I went to school in Indiana. Um, it was a, a small college um, in Marion. Okay. And what was your degree in? My degree was actually in education. So I wanted to go into some kind of like camping or just um, like just some kind of like recreation type thing. But I didn't think it was smart to major in recreation because I was like, you could only do such a limited thing with that, which is like gym teacher or run a camp. And so I went into education because I thought it'd be more universal. And then I could also, you know, learn how to, I learned how to teach and could teach nature and stuff. So Mm -hmm. that's what I majored in and then immediately got a job at a camp after that. So I never really uh, did the teaching situation. Okay. My follow-up question was how have you been able to put your education degree to, to use and how do you, how do you pay the bills these days? <laughs> do I put my degree to use? Yeah. College is great. Highly recommend. You will definitely get, what is it like $200,000 these days? You will get your money's worth out of that degree. Um, I'm just going to leave that there. In 50 what, years, pay- 50 years is going to pay for itself. Yeah, definitely. Um, How do I pay the bills today? So I have kind of a few different things. So I, one, rent out a house. um, And so it's kind of a, there's a kind of a corner of it that I can crash in, but then there's other rooms that are all rented out. And then I actually have been making more money off Instagram lately, which has been really unexpected, but exciting just to kind of pick up an ad here or there. Um, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm actually a male modeled now. So nice. I was going to ask. Yeah. yeah, You're in the presence of a Uh male model. Okay. Uh, And then the third thing is I, I run, I work for a nonprofit, which I can do remote. Um, And so that's really a nice thing. And so that's some of the ways I'm able to travel so much is when we're going international, sometimes I'm doing work for that uh, nonprofit, which is working on humanitarian aid around the world, um, which has been really hard with, you know, the pandemic, but um, we are still moving forward with that. Do you want to go ahead and drop the name of that nonprofit? Um. It's not necessary. So okay. that's all right. Yeah, this is just um, just what I do, and um, I don't I don't like um, talking about the work I'm doing to in some like um, some uh, holier than thou type way, you know. So it just it's easier for me just to say, you know, I work for a nonprofit. We work on you know loving people. 
and just leave it at that. So that way, um, you know, I don't have to try to become Mother Teresa or put that syndrome in front of anyone. And I just want to encourage everyone that if there's ways that you can be kind to people to do it. It's a good motto. Now you mentioned making money on Instagram. I think that's something everybody's interested in. How, how did that yeah. happen? I didn't even know that was a possibility. <laughs> yeah. How did that happen? Oh man. So I think a lot of people want to do that. You're right. And I don't make enough to live off of. And I will say I'm learning that it's way more work than I ever thought it would be. Um, so it started with like smaller brands that would find me um, and they'd reach out and be like, Hey, would you take this free product or whatever? Um, and so I just take the product and post a picture with it. And that was that. And then kind of, I got more and more of those. So I thought, you know, I'm just going to say, Hey, if you want me to take a picture with your product, I'm going to charge $50. You know, I just started kind of small and some said yes, some said no. And if they said no, I just kind of was like, well, you know, I didn't really want the product anyways, or, or I'd say, you know, what, I'll take the free product. Let's, let's go back to that first deal. Uh, and it just kind of grew from there. Once I hit 10,000 followers on Instagram, there were actually some influencer like uh, agencies that reached out to me and put me into their network. And so Basically, like any other modeling agency, they talk to brands, then they see if you're a good fit for the brand, and they connected me to really an endless supply of opportunity. And so it's been really fun. Um, I do, I do want to reiterate the point that it is way more work than people make it out to be. You look like you're just having fun with your picture and your your coffee cup or whatever, but especially as like an outdoor uh, like influencer, someone who's like in the outdoors a lot, you have to drive to the location. You don't have service. So you can't get like checked to make sure that the uh, image is correct with the brand. You have to get permits if you're going on public lands to get any sort of paid partnership. And then, you know, you take the picture and you send it to them, you edit it and send it to them. And then they're like, we don't like it. Can you do it again? <laughs> like, oh, that took me half an afternoon just to get that. So, um, but it's been I mean, such a blessing when it comes through, it's like, man, I, I'm going to go hiking anyways. So I might as well take your product along with it. So, so I think I know why I was not aware that you could make money on Instagram it's because I don't have 10,000 followers. You know, I, I was just happy getting, getting a uh, thousand followers the other day. Sure. So yeah. Yeah. So you hit 10,000, everything just explodes for you. <laughs> I don't know about explodes, <laughs> but um yeah, I mean, just be your authentic self if that's something you're going for. But no, you're going to put in way more hours than if you like started any other business. So it's it's like, this is a hobby. I enjoy hiking. I enjoy taking pictures. And now some people have noticed that and I get paid off it. So that's been fun. Um, but you can also start below 10,000. It's just a matter of reaching out to those brands or somehow getting like, how can you make that brand notice you and be small? So don't go straight for those big name brands. Start with small brands that are just starting up because they'll work with anyone because they don't really have a budget for that. And if you're willing to just take the product and do it, other brands will see, hey, they're working with that brand we know and they might grow off that. Are you familiar with Whiskey Nate? No. No. He was in the whiskey business. He was, mm -hmm. uh, he, he repped, uh, I forget the exact name of the position, but he kind of worked himself up as, and became like a representative for this one particular brand of whiskey. And then he decided that he wanted to do something with nature, get out, get out in the world and, and, you know, take a step back. And he, he created this Instagram account. It's called whiskey with Nate. And what he does mm -hmm. whiskey with Nate, Nate, whiskey, 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 Nate, it's called whiskey, Nate. 
And what he does is he he actually got enough sponsors and traveled around the country and takes pictures out in the outdoors with either it's him and whiskey or maybe it's just the whiskey yeah. uh, out there in a you know beautiful alpine setting. And I yep. uh, had a chance to talk to him and he was just, he was really, really interesting. And uh, just living that life out on the road, uh, living in his van yeah. with his dog and all his, his whiskey product and taking those pictures out there. Yeah. And that makes like whiskey is a perfect example of something where there's a lot of startup companies. So you can always find small whiskey brands that would be willing to give you a free whiskey. And then the big brands will look over and say, hey, that guy has a lot of whiskey people that follow him and they'll mm-hmm. be willing to pay at that point. So it, it is a, it's a weird game and not everyone can do it. I feel very fortunate to be sitting where I am. It's sometimes I, I'm like, I look around, like, how did this ever happen? We're like these big blue checkmark brands are like, Hey, can we send you a product? I'm like, wait, really? Have you seen me? Am I the model you want? <laughs> so 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 frank you're an elementary you're an elementary uh school you're sixth grade and <laughs> yeah. someone asked you what what do you want to do with your life what do you want to mm. be when you grow up what at that time in your life what what was the job that you wanted to sixth, aspire oh, to oh man yeah i'm putting myself back into sixth grade i don't want to stay yeah. here long uh, <laughs> yeah, but for sure i didn't really have a lot of drive as a kid um but a lot of times i'd say artist uh, which okay. is funny because I never thought photography. I thought um, just like art in general. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, now here I am. Well, you're not that far off. That, I mean, that's yeah. Yeah, that's a creative creative career, and and you you are very much in a creative career right now. For sure, and especially with like Photoshop now, you can do a lot of digital painting. That's probably not the right term, but you can take an image and really um, make it look how you want it to look. And so you are kind of an artist in a way. Okay. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about uh, some of your adventures, including I I want to hear about the Honda Fit Life. So yes, stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water, using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. The John Freakin' Muirpod is sponsored by Outdoor Vitals the ultralight backpacking gear company whose mission is to improve the mental, physical, and emotional health of mankind by facilitating impactful outdoor experiences. Outdoor Vitals creates innovative technical products with confidence-inspiring education that empower outdoor ultralight adventurers. Their focus on performance enables you to live ultralight with gear you can actually be confident with. Whether you're looking for an ultralight sleep system, shelter, or pack, or if you're looking for top quality apparel for the trail, you can find it at Outdoor Vitals. Do yourself a favor. Live ultra light. 
Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your pod- podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. And welcome back. We're talking to Franck or Legs or Calf Master. Uh, he hasn't, we, have, we haven't settled on one yet, but we've been using Franck for the most part here. And I, have I really commitment. So I have commitment <laughs> issues. <laughs> Perfect. Just try those on and use them as you will then. Let's, uh, we, we've referenced it, referenced it a couple of times. Uh, van life, your Honda Fit. Uh, tell me about your vehicle, about your abode. And how this came to be. Sure. So I was watching YouTube like anyone else. And there's all these ads, all this stuff about van life, probably five years ago. And I just kept thinking, man, that looks so cool, but I don't have a hundred thousand dollars. How am I ever going to get one of these beautiful vans? And then one day I walked out to my car, which is a hatchback Honda fit. And I just thought, you know, I think I could make this work. And so it was um, just before Christmas and my family had already decided, excuse me, that we were going to do Christmas in January. So I had some time off and I just decided I was going to make it happen. So I found a mattress on Amazon. Uh, It's like a foam mattress and I custom cut it to fit in there. And since I've had several different iterations and that's Basically, the entire open space is in my mattress. And then I've set up a like a little camp kitchen with, um, at the time, some a stove from Amazon, a little cook set from Amazon. And uh, I grabbed my sleeping bag and hit the road and just kind of figured it out as I went. A lot of what I learned was also through YouTube, through hikers, because I was looking for things that I could transport that didn't need refrigeration, especially when it came to food, things I could eat while driving. Um, and then um, just wanted to like be pretty universal and able to just take that same gear and go out on a hike with it. So it wasn't until about six months ago that I even took the back seats out. So for a long time, I just had like bare bones space. I have like a duffel bag with my clothes. I have a little section for my kitchen and food and I have my bed and my backpack, which is probably the most important thing I have so I can go out on adventures. And that's about it. Van life on a budget. Yeah, definitely. So we're talking about 40 miles per gallon in the Honda Fit. Uh, I blocked out the windows so I can sleep um, anywhere. Uh, Obviously, you know, there's those free free campsites and public lands that I tend to gravitate towards. But in a pinch, if you're in the Walmart parking lot, no one knows you from the car next to you. And they have no idea that you're sleeping in there where if you're in a van, you definitely will stand out in a situation like that. Oh, stealth mode. I like it. 
very stealth. No, no electric either. I had no electric until a year ago when a brand sent me a battery and I was like, sure, I'll try it. And so I charge that while I'm driving and I can now charge my phone, which is insane. And so uh, I have a little charging system. I don't have solar. Um, I don't think I really need it. I don't, I don't know why you would. Um, I don't know if you talk to many people who have a solar system, but I just plug that battery right into my car while I'm driving and you drive enough where it charges it up and then you can just live off that. Perfect. So. Now, what is the longest stint that you've spent in the, in the fit? Longest like um, time period, I think was seven weeks back to back sleeping in basically a different place every night. I have family in San Diego, Denver, and then I have a place where I can crash in Dallas. So I try to, I go there to just kind of like regroup, get a home base, wash everything, and then also do international trips or, or just like trips I have to fly to and stay at hotels as I think we're going to talk to in a little, talk about in a little bit. Yeah. So that kind of breaks it up. But really, I don't think I've been in like one place for more than a month in the last at least two years, uh, three years. I've been on like doing this for about four or five years, but in the last two years, it's just been getting faster and faster paced. Maybe your trail name should be nomad. <laughs> Isn't that everybody though? See, there are a lot like, of nomads out there. I feel like everyone who's on trail is a nomad. We're just, you know, glorified homeless people, but I don't know. Nomad isn't bad. I, I have ad- adapted that before. So we could try that for a little while, see what happens. Okay. All right. Now, the seven-week stint, was that the Dallas to Maine trip? No, that was actually in the midst of COVID. Um, so there was just a good time period there where everything was shut down but the national park. So I packed up my car and I headed to Utah because it was a place that was open. Mm-hmm. And I was not a person who was going to just – I was going to be safe because this was something we didn't know, but I didn't want to just sit at home. My family actually has experienced more mental health issues than we have physical issues from this whole situation. And so I think that was probably part of the motivator to just getting out and, um, you know, hiking by myself in the middle of the woods is going to be a safe situation. Um, so that's what started it. And I hit, headed to Utah and just kind of kept going from there, ended up going up highway one and, um, hitting a bunch of different spots along the way, ended up found my way up to Montana and then down to uh, Yellowstone. So wow. it was quite an adventure. Let's talk about some of the highlights of that trip. That sounds, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. I think the, well, really the, the big parks. So our, um, Zion not being very crowded was just incredible. Angel's Landing was closed, so you couldn't do the chain section, which is obviously one of the highlights of that park. Mm -hmm. But having it just with basically they weren't running the shuttles. So whenever all the cars parked, that was it for the day. So I got there at like 5 a.m. You had to just wait at the gate. And when the gate opened, I drove all the way out to... um, uh, the Narrows parked and then took a little nap <laughs> while everyone else was leaving for the Narrows. And then I went out and hiked the Narrows and um, came back, did the Angels Landing piece and really had the park pretty quiet during the summer, which is very rare. I usually, if I'm going to do Zion, I'm, I'm only going like November, December when there's not anyone there. Okay. Was that, was that the highlight from Utah? Did you hit any other parks? They, they have some, some beautiful national parks yeah. in Utah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Capitol Reef. 
Uh, I know it's one of the ones that people don't even know exists. It's kind right. of there in the middle. It's not as 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 popular. Um, so I did what's called the Flatiron Trail in Capitol Reef. Almost killed myself because I was looking up at the sky and I was like, you know, it's getting a little bit cloudy, but I'm going to go for it. And so I did the hike and I was kind of in this real open section and the clouds were getting a little ominous. So I turned around and I was like, I'm done. I'm not going to kill myself. I actually saw two park rangers coming up behind me and i was like oh are you guys here because of the clouds and they're like no we're doing the whole thing i'm like well if you're doing the whole thing i guess i will too because you're rangers so i kind of hiked within earshot of them for a while got all the way to the end i did not realize they it's a point to point trail and so they had a car parked there they had a car parked at either point and so they hiked it and then got in their car and drove off and i was like oh well i have to hike back and the sky's just getting worse and so i just had to hike across this like really open area up top and the clouds are coming there's one point i've never been uh, electrocuted so i don't know exactly what it feels like but there's one point where i definitely was like i think this is where it's going to happen. And then, you know, booked it to a little covered area with a rock and I could actually kind of feel like static on my hands. And so would not recommend doing that. Yeah. We, we talked to uh, a young man who was in Yosemite this summer, right around the same time I was. And he talked, his name was Grant, Grant Breidenbach. That's right. He talked about an experience he had where uh, he was stuck in a, a storm and he had got his, his tent set up and he sat on a bear canister about 50 yards away from, from the tallest trees and yeah. just trying to hunker down. And one of those trees got struck. And he said that, you know, all it messed up, messed up his rods and cones in his eyes. He, he couldn't see. He's just like blinding wow. for a while. And then uh, it sounded like the sound started inside of his head. And uh, his ears were ringing, so he couldn't see, he couldn't hear anything, and he couldn't feel his hands for about half an hour. So they were they were numb, and that that's fifty feet away, or fifty feet wow. or fifty yards. But yeah. uh, what an experience! Holy yeah, smokes. lightning is is no joke, and that's one of those really preventable things. And I use that as an example of what not to do because it's one it's very serious. And when there's clouds, I tend to turn around because I'm like, it's not worth um, your life, you know, it's uh, hitting a peak, hitting, finishing a trail is not worth your life. Definitely know when to turn around and when the weather is not working for you. So that's, that is quite an experience. I'm glad he's okay. My, that could have been really bad. Yeah. Could have been, could have been. Now, did you say you finished in Yellowstone? I thought, was it Yosemite or Yellowstone? So, or did you hit both of those on that trip? Hit both. Okay. (laughs) So I did Zion. And I forgot I had a friend's wedding. So I booked a flight from Vegas to Dallas. Um, so I parked in, in Vegas, flew to back to Dallas, uh, had this wedding, flew back to Vegas. And Vegas was so weird. You walked to the strip and every hotel, even like the hotel lights were off, like interior lights. All the billboards were black and they're like, we're in this together. And um, yeah, it was just such a strange time in the world. Um, left Vegas and went to um san diego and then you know joshua tree san diego and then ended up in la and i went out to um the channel islands i took a boat to the channel islands and i met some people on the boat who were really cool and ended up staying with them a few days and they were like hey if you're in la 
and you got nothing to do. You need to drive up Highway 1. And I was like, Yosemite was still closed at that point. And I thought, I'm not going to drive up Yosemite or all the way up to Northern California if I'm not going to Yosemite. And um, while I was with them, they announced that it was going to reopen. So I said, okay, <laughs> I'm going up Highway 1. So I drove Highway 1, um, beautiful road, very much like they make it in Hollywood. I mean, there's all sorts of curves and cliffs and waterfalls. And it's just, it's incredible. Highly recommend. Um, got up there, booked one of the first, the first week it opened, I was in the Valley and did a ton of hiking in there. Um, wasn't able to do half dome, unfortunately, just because permitting for that is a, is a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Um, but climbed to the top of Yosemite falls and just did a bunch, met a a guy who was doing the PCT, gave him a ride and which the PCT does not go through Yosemite Valley, but this not. guy decided to, I think it was like a 19 mile, like, um, addition to his hike. He just added that and ended up in the Valley. So well, when you're back out, when you're hiking 2,600 miles, I mean, 19, that's not, that's not a, a whole sure. lot extra to do to see one of the great natural wonders of the world. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess so. But I, I was, um, so I'd done enough research with through hikes that I knew like what a through hiker was and what to look for. And so I was in, you know, in Yosemite Valley, there's all sorts of like restaurants and nice hotels. It's very commercialized. I walked out of one of those buildings and there's a guy sitting there, with this massive backpack. And I just go, PCT. And he goes, how did you know? Do I smell? I said, well, if you have a backpack that size in this Valley, you either one have no idea what you're doing or you're doing the PCT. And so we talked for a little bit and then um, he was in, I always, I can never say it right. Tulami Meadows, Wallamy. something like, yeah, tu that Tuolumne, one. Yeah. 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 That one. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I brought him back there and dropped him off and he finished his hike and that was that. Um, from there, I went up to Glacier because I'd heard great things. Glacier was incredible. And then I don't, are you familiar with Forest Fens Treasure? Yes. They just, just found it uh, recently. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So my, my brother and I, my older brother had been looking like, not really looking, but like theorizing where it could be. And we had an idea of where it would be just outside of Yellowstone and we um, were planning to meet there, but it was found like two weeks before, but we went ahead and met there anyways. And we went and looked for it or like any evidence that this guy might've been there and found no evidence, but we know we're right. So didn't they find it in the Rockies? Was it the Rockies you know, or was it? I, I haven't done any research as of late as to where it was found. Okay. I just know when I was looking at it, um the guy his name was just announced did they announce the location i thought i'm gonna i'm gonna do some research here keep talking you know, yeah we <laughs> well now i feel really foolish because i know exactly where it was and maybe i i was completely off so we thought it was just outside of uh yos yellowstone not yosemite yellowstone in montana uh -huh. because forrest fenn spent so much time there as a kid and we um there's warm waters you know in yellowstone with all the geysers and whatnot and so we had a um kind of a mapped idea of where we thought it was but not sure and maybe we were completely off let's see oh well you're not too far off he says uh, it was he later revealed it was it was found in wyoming yeah okay 
He hasn't so revealed Wyoming, where he found it, saying he doesn't want the spot to turn into a tourist attraction. But what he did say that it was in Wyoming. Well, yeah, that would line up, right? Wyoming. Yeah, Wyoming's near yeah. Yellowstone. Okay, yeah, because it's like on the border, right? It's mm-hmm. like Idaho, Wyoming, and what's the other state it's in? Mon- Montana. Montana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're totally right. We know exactly where. Totally that right. I you know uh-huh. I. I actually toyed with the idea of doing a, a an entire episode devoted to the the forest fen treasure. Yeah, that but would be awesome. Didn't get around to it before the guy found it. So, well, you know, at least one guy who knows where the answer is me. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I did that, and then um, after that, it was about seven weeks. I don't think I stayed the night anywhere um twice in a row for seven full weeks except for those people i met i stayed with them i think two nights and then i got a hotel like maybe i'd have to go back and count but probably like once a week i'd end up getting a hotel the hardest part is always showering which typically you know i have a few things up my sleeve i got truck stops i got campsites i got hotels you know you just have all that but with covid so much stuff was shut down. I ended up just getting hotels to shower. Like I was like, I don't need a hotel, but I just feel like I need to shower. Um, because when you're doing this car camping thing, you are around people so much. Sometimes you are very aware of your stink. Mm-hmm. And when you're through hiking or backpacking, it's anticipated. It's part of the culture. Everyone out there understands, but it's like, I'd like go on a, big long hike in utah and then go out to dinner and i'm sitting next to families that are like all showered and i'm like i'm homeless like this this is just ruining their their experience and so i try to get the shower in every uh week or so once a week that's about right yeah yeah Yeah, that's what that's what i do now so (laughs) that's great (laughs) saving the environment one week at a time that's right that's right. All right. Hey, uh, let's talk about some of your international travel. Did you take your Honda Fit uh, overseas with you? I wish. It would make that much more affordable because I can sleep for free. <laughs> but uh, no. So, um, yeah, I, I just really enjoy seeing places. And so Egypt um, was a place that was very easy to get to this year. Last I checked, I think they're still open um, to tourists. It's way less crowded right now because of tourism. So easy to get in, easy to get out. And the pyramids are really cool. (laughs) So I would um, highly recommend that. I went in January of 2021. So it had just opened and I made the decision to only go to Cairo, which I really regret um, because I didn't know what I was going to encounter once I got there because no one had traveled for so long. So I got there, went to Egypt, did the pyramids, did all that. And it was so easy, no problems at all. And I was like, man, I could have gone up the Nile. I could have done so much. Everyone was like, they brought us a police escort because they were so excited to have like Americans back in in country because we, I think it's like 20% of the Egyptian economy is tourism. And so when that is shut down, if you imagine 20% of your like income is gone, like that's a big deal. And so um, they were very friendly to us, long story long. And I wish I had stayed longer and been able to do more tombs and whatnot, but incredible experience and loved it. Okay. And then you also spent some time in Ecuador? 
Yep. So Ecuador was another place where things are open and it was an area I've you know wanted to go to and, and see. And so I went down to Quito, Ecuador, which is on the equator. Um, I don't know if you're aware, if you speak Spanish, Ecuador is equator in Spanish. <laughs> so I know, mind blowing. I was today um, years old when I realized that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and full, silly me, I thought the pyramids are on the equator, but they're not. They're on the whatever the line is above the equator. There's like a different line. The but, Mason-Dixon line? Yes. That no, that's, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I went to the equator twice, but I was wrong. Um, but there's like all sorts of like experiments you could do on the equator. Of course, the so like water turning is pretty typical. Uh, your balance is different on the equator. So some really cool things. Well, and tell then, me, just, tell me about that. Tell me about your balance. I've, I haven't heard about the balance thing. So, oh gosh, you're going to make me repeat what I learned. Oh, this is so hard. So normally mm, you are not center on the earth and the tilt is like making it so you're not as balanced but when you're directly on the equator you are spinning the exactly correct and the gravity is actually stronger it's strongest on the equator so you have more compressing you and you can balance better is the gist of it frank is this a thing or was somebody pulling your leg I learned it in a museum. Oh, it was a museum. museum. Okay. Yeah, they have a museum there with a shrunken head and um, all sorts of really cool things. And you can learn all about the ancient peoples of Ecuador, which actually there are still people groups that live out in the woods that in the woods, in the jungles um, that are uncontacted, which is you know pretty incredible. But you can learn about um, what we know about them in that museum. And then uh, you're surrounded by mountains and volcanoes and some really cool places so yeah there you go and did you um do any hiking in ecuador yeah i didn't do a ton of hiking i stayed more in quito the main city Mm -hmm. but then there is a um volcano that is out in the wilderness a bit and so i took a drive out there and um it's like an old volcano if you've been to like um tahoe or um, crater lake i kind of would say it's similar in a sense but basically volcano top of volcano blew off so it leaves this big cone mm-hmm. and so you have like a mountain with a lake in it but what's unique about this one is the cone came back well actually now that i say that i think um crater lake has this too so right. the the actual like the old top of the mountain is like in the middle of the lake so it's like a island lake and then you have your mountain around you. So it was a really, really neat spot. Sounds beautiful. Crater, Crater Lake is awesome. Yeah. I went to Crater Lake once and it was foggy and I saw nothing. I am not bitter <laughs> about it. So make a good Instagram picture. Yeah. It, yeah. It'd just literally be a white, white block. So it was nothing. <laughs> now, speaking of Instagram, how, how, have, uh, how has been the fan interaction? Yeah, you've got an audience out there who is uh, waiting for your next post. And uh, (laughs) do you you get a lot of interaction with your fans? You know, what's crazy is Instagram is like when every time you post, it's like playing the lottery. You have no idea what that post is going to do. So I started posting reels. I like photography. I started this whole thing because of photography. And then they're like, hey, you want to be relevant? Make reels. So now I'm 
being a comedian on this thing, but I posted one reel and it now has like 17 million views. It has more views than people who live in like 40 some states, like more people than, um, let's see, what's like a big state like uh, Florida. It has more views than people who live in Florida. Like that's unbelievable, right? And it's just like me in, and some music. It makes no sense. Um, and then I do like a reel and I'll have like 2000 views. And my friends are like, that's actually way funnier. We like this one better. Can you do this one again? Um, so how, so did, how did the one with 17 million, how did that strike gold? I mean, what, what happened there? I have there? no idea. It's the lottery, man. I have no idea. But like there's... Like, so now I'm like diving into this because I'm like, I have this like 17 million post, you know? And so I look at like Dude Perfect or um, like, I don't know, like other famous influ- influencers and like look at their reels. And mine has more views than any of theirs. But then like the other reels of mine get like 10, 50,000. So it's like nowhere near their level, but I have no idea what's going on there. So, you know, you get your internet trolls that talk about how cringy it is or like how stupid it is, or they want to just make make a, a scene about it. But the majority of people are just so nice, so encouraging. I think everyone just wants to see people out in outdoors enjoying the outdoors um so i try to whenever i can post about uh leaving no trace and just outdoor smarts i also will often talk about mistakes i've made so i haven't done anything about lightning but like there's actually that that video maybe that's it is i talked about a time i ran out of water while i was hiking and so um you know just talking about hey the importance of water and if you want to (laughs) live through your hike plan ahead um but yeah, so I meet a ton of really cool people. I have met up with a handful. I'm trying to think one, two, at least four or five people like in real life. And then there's other people I like meet on trail who then we become internet friends. So that's been just a really fun experience is just to find these people who um, otherwise I would never have met. And then I meet them in real life and we go on an adventure together. The strangest thing for me has been, I view this as like a very transaction one way thing where it's like me versus screen and I'm taking the picture, I'm editing the picture, I'm posting it. I, I enjoy my memory and I don't, it took me until this year to realize every time I post, it's going onto someone else's screen in their living room and it might speak to them in a way that I never intended. And so there's these people who are like, oh my gosh, the, the way that you, said that like it just taught me I'm like whoa 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 I'm not like a person who you should change your whole life after something I've said like I just wrote that quote because I thought it was interesting like I didn't mean for you to like go and quit your job or whatever like like don't take don't take financial advice from me please um but yeah that's been really interesting and then just the way sometimes people will like view me as um like I've even had acquaintances be like oh Frank you're like a celebrity. I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm just a guy who makes weird videos and Instagram posts. But um, so I guess, yeah, I'm learning that um, I might mean something to someone else that I never anticipated. And so that's been kind of a cool experience as well. That is a cool thing. Just, I, I know just doing the podcast, having like I've, uh, I've got listeners in all 50 States and I think 70 countries around the world. And just knowing that uh, there's somebody in Cambodia, for example, yeah. 
who has uh, turned on this podcast and listened to me blather on about somebody, uh, something or, or, or talk to somebody. Uh, yeah. It's just, just mind blowing. And I had the opportunity this summer to go out on a, another hike on the John Muir trail in the Sierras. Mm. And I brought some stickers along some John, some John freaking Muir pod stickers. And I was handing them out as like trail magic, you know, slap this on your bear canister yeah. or, or, or do whatever you want with it. And I was, it was very gratifying to run into a, uh, quite a few people who said, Hey, I listened to that podcast. <laughs> hey, are you, are you doc? And that. that was that you know, just it just blew me away, and uh, of course made my head even bigger. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If there's anything I've I've learned through all this is just staying humble because I mean I just like I said earlier, just so grateful because I know so many people want to make money off Instagram or see it as some like gold mine, and I'm like. I don't know how it ever got to where it is, but I'm just so glad that I get to do this. And when I meet people and like find out that I've encouraged them in some way has been really fun. <laughs> They're actually, um, okay, I'm going to share a quick story. So I was in REI, the, where I probably would be most likely to get recognized. And there's this guy who, uh, I don't even remember where the REI was, but he was like, Frank. And I'm like, Oh, Hey, <laughs> like, are you a friend from like high school or something? And he's like, aren't you in Utah right now? Which I had just posted about being in Utah because it's not always live. Sometimes I'll repost things or it's just like, I I don't have time to get the posts out in time. And so that's like a week or so late. It's like, aren't you in Utah right now? And I'm like, oh, you follow me on Instagram. That's a, that's a bit an, creepy. Yeah. And then, well, and then there's an REI employee with him and um, because they were like shopping together and the REI guy's like, are you famous? And I'm like, no, I'm very much not famous, <laughs> but evidently enough famous enough to be recognized at least there. So that's awesome. Yeah. What, what's next for Frank? So holidays, I am visiting family in Colorado right now, which is a blast. And then I will leave shortly after Thanksgiving and head to Utah. Um, it's going to be really cold, but I'm, I have some things planned and some photos I want to take. And then from there, I am going to backpack through the Grand Canyon. And so I am really excited about that. It's been on my bucket list for a long time um, to do that. And with COVID restrictions, it's just hasn't been able to happen. Um, so yeah, hang out in Arizona for a little bit. And then after I backpack, um, when I get out of the canyon, the Arizona State Parks and I are going to work on some um, marketing materials. So that's going to be um, an experience. <laughs> I don't feel equipped to do this at all, but I'm going to go to a few different state parks and take some photos that they can then use to, um, you know, just in some posts and stuff. So that's something I'm really excited about. That's incredible. Fantastic. Congratulations. I know who would have thought that some short stocky guy with an iPhone would be able to do all this, but it's just, it's fun. So yeah, enjoy it. You know, I think that's another thing I'd want to leave your listeners with is if you have a hobby, just enjoy it. If, if it gets somewhere great, you know, live, live in that. But in the meantime, just enjoy going out and taking photos because that's how I got here is I was just having fun. All right. Now you mentioned mistakes a little, little while ago, and we're going to do a quick top five. You don't have to go into a lot of detail, but I, I'm curious, what, what are the top five big, biggest mistakes you've made out there? Five mistakes. I don't five. If you can't, five if you can't think of five, maybe do five? three. I don't even have one. I mean, I'm just so perfect. So, okay. The first one that always comes to mind is 
There was a time in California that I parked in a uh, church parking lot because I couldn't find any place to park and I was desperate and I just parked there. And then I decided to sleep in. And so come like eight o'clock, the pastor is at my window like, are you okay? (laughs) Are you homeless? Is everything okay? And it was a Saturday. I didn't think, you know, I was like, no one comes to church on a Saturday. But um, yeah, so that would be one of the mistakes. I don't know if these are in order or not. They don't have to be. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Number two, or another mistake I've made is I backpacked in, or I didn't backpack actually, I day hiked in um, Big Bend, which is the desert between Texas and Mexico, and it's very hot. And I set out to do Emory Peak, which is like, I think, four or five miles. And then I finished that and I thought, hey, you know, I can add these additional 15 miles and make a loop. And so I just added a bunch of miles and did not bring nearly enough water for that. Um, ended with sunburn, um, really hot, really freaking tired and ran out of water, like within two miles of, um, the end of the trail, which isn't terrible, but I was in rough shape by the time I got out of there. Um, always have your water number. The third one, would definitely be the lightning situation. So um, again, if if the sky looks bad, turn around, especially, well, this wasn't a 14er, but in Colorado, if you're doing any of those big peaks, mm-hmm. um, especially in the afternoon, you need to turn around. All right, from there, I need two more mistakes. Um, leaving without things, I do that quite often now. I think I used to hike and be very paranoid about not forgetting things. And then I just started doing it so much where I just am so comfortable on trail where I'll just not check my bag before I leave. And then I'll realize, oh, I don't have my headlamp with me or I don't have whatever emergency supplies. And I think, oh, you know, it's just two miles. I can trek out of here in no time. But um, then I get caught out there. I'm like, oh, I really wish I had my headlamp right now because, that would be helpful. And I need one more mistake. Um, hmm, yeah, I'm just too perfect. I don't have. Enough. Okay. Four. We'll, we'll I think, I, I think from there, it just would be like route planning. So very often, like when you're doing a road trip, um, you don't compare the distance to the destinations to weather systems. So I've gotten to like the Tetons before and it's just completely fogged out and so then you got to drive up to yellowstone to even do anything worth doing because if you can't see anything in the tetons don't even go um and so jack watching the weather and watching like the road and so knowing how long it's going to take you to get to a place and what the weather's going to be like when you get there okay hey frank you know where we are that place where i i uh, don't know where we are did I do it right? You did. You're, oh, yeah, okay. that's right. You followed okay. the script perfectly. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yes. Where are we? We're at that time of the episode where I ask you for your pro tip inside of the week. What, what nugget of wisdom can you share with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better? Ooh, he's right. holding so something have, up. This, this is a visual for those of you listeners out there who are not watching yes. on YouTube. Pause right now and go to YouTube because yep. it's or, great or, for the analytics. Of or YouTube. Everything. YouTube, yes. YouTube, that's so, a knockoff. <laughs> This is a roll of Luco tape. I learned about it, um, gosh, a few years ago, and I will never go back to moleskin again. Luco tape is a medical tape. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it. Yes. Okay. So I think it's it's gaining popularity in the hiking world. But I used to bring the moleskin stuff. This I feel like is way more sticky and 
it um, stays on better for me and it has solved so many feet issues. So I would not leave without a roll of Luco tape and then I wrap it up against itself. And it just, I mean, it's the smallest little thing. And I always have that in my bag anywhere I go. Okay. Tip, am I allowed to do two or just one? You're wrong. You can do two. Great. Tip two, chapstick. Chapstick. Always. Always have chapstick, multiple sticks. You're going to lose them. And when I'm outside, I need stuff on my lips all the time. So, Luco tape and chapstick. Excellent. Excellent suggestions. So there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Frank. I want to thank him for leading us, uh, for leading us, for joining us this <laughs> week. Frank, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? Yeah. So I'm on speaking quite frankly on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, um, primarily on Instagram. So speaking quite frankly, would love if you thought this episode was cool to just shoot me a message and say hello. And I'd love to meet you and um, see where you're at. And he is responsive on, uh, on social media. That's how we, that's how we met here. I, I just reached out to him and he got right back to me and, and here we are. There you go. So remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakingmirror at gmail.com. Frank, I'm also looking to you to share a recommendation for a book, a movie, a documentary, some sort of uh, adventure media. Uh, it's a way of keeping our, our listeners oh, connected to the outdoors yes. during the off season. Do you have uh, some, something we're calling this our adventure media recommendation? What do you have for us? Yeah, well, off season, I don't believe in an off season. There's just you have to drive to that season that you want. Um, but shoot, the name of it is Kiss the Ground, I believe. The ground, kiss the ground. It's kiss about, ground. Um, it's more about like eco-friendly green movement stuff. Um, but it is a documentary, and I highly recommend it. I will find it and I will send it over to you, um, so you can put that wherever you want to put it. Okay. And before we wrap things up, I've got one more segment for you called "What Have I Not Asked You That You're Dying to Tell Us About." Oh, what have you not asked me? You have not asked me. I'm like looking around here to see what I could find. You have not asked me what my um, my secret weapon has been on Instagram. And my secret weapon has been my bald head because I do not have hair. And for those that are listening and for a lot of my life, I was insecure about that and wanted to hide that. But I one one day I was taking a picture and I realized the bush behind me kind of looked like hair. It wasn't on purpose, but it was kind of <laughs> funny. And then from there, I just started making things look like hair. So I have arches as hair, cactus as hair, bushes, whatever. And so I just always have a new fun hairstyle. Um, and so I think it's done two things. One, it you take whatever is um, your weakness and it can become your strength. And so I just wanted to kind of put that out in front of people for whatever you might be insecure about is um, to make that into your strength. And to um, just to encourage you, because there's been actually been people who reach out to me, actually a lot of women who will talk about thinning hair and how they're insecure about it. And it's just given me an opportunity to love and encourage people. And so, um, yeah, that's what you haven't asked me. And that's what I wanted to share with your audience. Fantastic. You are so positive, Frank. Such a, no, 
very supportive, helpful, wanted to, to do good out there, out there in the world. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you. All right. That's a wrap from the John Freaking Mirror studio. Any shout out to friends and family, Frank? Um, yeah, all of them. Shout out. Okay. Well, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you've conked out in a church parking lot and the pastor is knocking on the window of your Honda Fit. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck. Thank you.